Hello, and welcome to the woods. I'm your host, Samuel Grahn, here to take you on a hike through the many stories the forest can inspire. Whether it's a quaint folk tale or a fanciful journey through the imagination, there's nothing you can't think up when you use your creativity, or perhaps if you're a little crazy. Now come with me into the thicket, and I'll share with you some of the crazy stories my cranium can come up with. Hey, welcome back. Oh, this? Uh, well, this is my new friend who's just, well, I guess like the last time, uh, has kind of just shown up here. Um, say hi. Uh, hi. Hello. I'm not sure what I'm doing here. What's going on? Uh, well, welcome to the woods. We're just here to tell some stories, uh, talk about stories a bit. And uh, don't worry, nothing weird's going on. You're going to go back at some point. Um, okay. Yeah. Sure. So why don't you tell our buddy here your name? Uh, hi, uh, I'm Julie. Julie Drew. Well, hello, Julie. I'm Sam. This is my buddy here. I don't think I know their name. That's fine. So tell us a bit about yourself. Well, as far as I know, because this feels a little bit weird. I'm not sure how I got here, but don't worry uh, about it. Don't worry about it. okay. Um, sure. I'm an English professor at the University of Akron, and I teach creative writing and some other classes, and I also do some writing myself. They teach creative writing? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah? Yeah, I'm mostly just here in the woods. Oh, well, yeah, so you probably, you probably wouldn't get our flyers then, so, oh. yeah. Oh, fly, what, flyer, do they fly? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's oh. just, it's a kind of an announcement, so. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, all right, all right, I'll, I'll spend some time thinking about that later. So, what kind of stuff do you write? Well, I write novels, so pretty long stories, uh, relatively speaking, mostly for young people, you know, teenagers, early 20s. It's called young adult fiction. Ah, do you have anything that you've, like, lately come out with? Well, it's been a few years since I published the last three, and they're sort of the same story. They're a continuing story. It's a trilogy. So that one was science fiction. Uh, deals with time travel and what one does if one gets a second chance to go back and change something. Cool. Yeah. Uh, with my last guest, we were talking about space. Oh. We did like some space poetry. It was pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything that you've written that you could share with us? Uh, yeah, I've got a short story here, oh, actually. you have one with you. I do. You know what? I There's something called Poem in a Pocket, and I like to have a short story in my pocket. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, what's it called? It's called Trajectory. While her parents eat meatloaf and watch the killing on the evening news, Kate escapes the stifling house with Lindy at her heels. Lizards are everywhere, camouflaged in the mottled, verdant world, outnumbering the girls by a gazillion to one and lying in wait behind every blade of bahia grass. But Kate is a hunter. She has perfected the palm-down slap the black anvil of her hand hurtling toward the enemy. Any miscalculation of force or aim will result in capturing only the tail, 
flopping around in mindless diversionary gore. Kate smiles a roadrunner smile when she hunts. She is repulsed by the lizard's poisonous hue, the serrated jaws. Her mother, with her beige beauty parlor hair and careful pink fingers, says they can't hurt her, but she already knows that. It's about what they want, which Kate cannot fathom. They can be on you, out of nowhere, in nothing flat. Last summer, she was walking past a lawn chair, its woven plastic seat spotted with mildew, and a lizard, clinging unseen to the chair's bent aluminum frame, had leapt upon her, tiny clawed feet skittering under her shirt and down her back. She'd screamed bloody murder and spent the rest of the day spooked, unwilling to venture outside. She is older, more experienced, but even now the green streaks of reptile bodies launching themselves at her are fixed in her mind like the footage of midnight skies, sliced by mortar shell trails, their deadly speed made visible in a dizzying neon curve. She feels the weight of her fear, her lumbering, giant self under siege. And yet, she is drawn to them. They fill up her world, and this somehow eases the contradiction. Later, when she's older, she will wonder if attraction is simply surrender, and happiness the manifestation of doing so with a smile that looks like gratitude. But for now, all she knows is that lizards move through her house and across the window screens. They dart across the sidewalk and up the walls. They shimmy through the leaves, burrowing deeper into the bushes, dozens of them moving with every step she takes. She can feel their eyes on her, her skin crawling with the memory of a reptilian tail sliding over her bare shoulder blade. She finds them at the edges of her vision, hears them in the rustling palm fronds, the skinks, toros, and chameleons, their ruby throats engorged and pulsing a siren song she can't quite hear. Kate and Lindy know every bush, every inch of the grill and patio chairs, and it is here, under a flowering yellow hibiscus, that they find the tiny eggs. Kate scoops up the eggs in their dirt with a spoon and lays them down with care in a potted fern on the front porch. Every morning, she and Lindy gulp down their frosted flakes and race to the porch, still in their pajamas, and they hunker down by the plant, milk glistening on their chins. Lindy, whose job it is to ruin everything, jockeys for position, but Kate is two years older and holds her ground. They lean in, open-mouthed, their flanks unprotected. They will the eggs to hatch, wishing it with all their might. One morning, Kate runs to the fern and finds the eggs not so much broken as deflated, collapsed in upon themselves. She calls Lindy in a voice that is sonorous and heavy, a dirge. They are grief-stricken until they look closer. Clinging to the leaves and stems of the fern are a dozen baby lizards, half an inch long with shorter, rounder noses than their adult selves will have. That indescribable, babiness that transforms them into something worthy of love. The tiny bodies decorate the fern like Christmas tree ornaments, their delicate paper sides moving in and out. Don't touch them, Kate orders. Nobody touches them. Of course it does not last. The lizards grow, their pale gray-white bellies lengthening. 
They wander further afield, mingling with their kind, until Kate is no longer sure which she loves and which she fears. Kate is famous on her street for holding a lizard in her fist, with its head poking out by her thumb and forefinger, the tail whipping around down by her pinky as they eyeball each other. The lizard's head turned sideways, only inches from her own, both of them savoring the pause before her big moment. Her stunt is this. She gently taps the lizard's closed mouth until the razored jaws open. With her heart pounding, she holds the gaping maw to her earlobe and the lizard clamps down on the tender, sacrificed bit. A pinch, her indrawn breath, and she lets go, slowly, holding her breath while the lizard hangs, legs and toes gone slack, her horrible adornment. She stands at the center of a crowd, the lizard straining earthward, using her body for its center of gravity. The watching girls shiver and shriek and clutch, performing fear as feminine while, while the boys practice their ancient alchemy, transforming fear into someone else's pain. They grind up girl and earrings and fag into offal flung into the air, splattered on the sidewalk and the rolled cotton socks of the girls. They don't mean me, Kate thinks, not me. She stands tall, barely breathing, looking for the sideways turn of their crew-cut heads and the way their eyes slide over her body like so many quick green monsters. Wow, that was nice. Well, thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, uh, I don't often, well, I have, I have dealt with lizards before, but I don't have often deal with bullies. So it's very, very interesting to get that kind of perspective. I mostly deal with animals, not people out here. Right, oh, that actually sounds pretty nice. Yeah, it can be, uh, as long as it's not nighttime. Oh, uh, yeah, I can imagine. I don't yeah, think I'd want to be here at night. Yeah, you don't, 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 don't be here at night. Okay. Okay. Done. All right, well, since, You've shared all you can with us. And uh, if you have anything else. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's pretty great that you're out here telling stories. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, enjoy whatever it was you're doing before you got here. All right. Well, thanks very much. And you, uh, you know, enjoy whatever it is that you do out here in the woods. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya. Wasn't that cool? Well, anyway. I gotta get home, or let's just call it home. See you later. Well, I hope you liked my stories, and I hope to see you again on another hike through the woods. Make sure to follow for updates on my Twitter or LinkedIn, or check wherever you get your podcasts. And please remember to stay safe out there. Bye.